Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Sports for Dummies podcast where we are discussing all things sports once again this week. This is episode three, we're on a roll now Hope, aren't we? Say hello everybody to Hope. Hello! Hope, how have you been? I've been well, I've now moved house, so I'm at my parents back in Norfolk. There you go. the foreseeable, um, but I've made the room nice, emptied the cars, all the stress is over. Now I just can relax, chill and see what the next chapter holds. I will ask you how you're doing, and I know how you're doing, because you've had quite an eventful week, haven't you, Lewis? I have indeed, Hope, yeah. I um, I have mild concussion. I'm okay now, thankfully, but yes, it's been quite, quite a roller coaster this week. So I had a cupboard, to cut a long story short, next to, our, next to my cupboard where all my food is kept, we have an extractor van in my university halls, and I shut my cupboard, uh, my, my cupboard door, and as I turned left to walk past the extractor fan, it literally fell off and smashed my head. So the point of the cupboard smashed my head full pelt and fell off. Now, the story, which is why this actually is really bad, because a man came to fix the cupboard on Tuesday, but clearly didn't fix it very well. So really? now, yeah, <laughs> so I ended up, so anyway, so I ended up at the doctor's, but it's all right. Um, I'm okay now. It was quite weird though. I've had concussion before, but it felt quite difference so it's been quite eventful so i apologize to everybody today my notes are less efficient because actually normally i'd spend my entire wednesday banging through sports for dummies so i'm ready to rock and roll but unfortunately my wednesday was <laughs> cut short quite significantly because i had to go to the doctors but anyway i'm here now and i'm ready for all the sports news lewis sent me a voice note yesterday to explain what happened with the cupboard fiasco i did ask how the cupboard was by the way which didn't answer me is the cupboard okay Oh, it's fine. Yeah, it's broken. Like it's still broken. It will be broken for the foreseeable future. But do you know what? That's not the. That's not. It's not. The cupboard no, gets what it gets. It hurt your yeah. head. That's yeah. the problem. But Lewis's voice note was a little bit all over the shop. I, I don't mean to offend you when I went, Lewis. I can tell you've got a concussion because you were going when we record. Uh, we're recording, uh, and when we and I was thinking, what's going on, Lewis? Yeah, he's broken. He's I broken. Really- my brain was not again. Fun story for my mum listening too. So my dad actually sent me a text saying that we're going out for dinner on Friday night. 
about so that happened at the incident the head incident happened at about 10 past 12 my mum sent me a text at about two o'clock and then at 4 p.m i responded to the message saying are we going out for dinner which of course i was told at two o'clock we are going out for dinner so my brain yesterday wasn't just really not, yeah no just a yeah, bit just, slow yeah just not with it but you know what i'm here and i'm rocking i'm rolling so i'm all right but yeah it was very very eventful day i hope for anyone listening too you've not suffered any head injuries or any injuries over the last week because being injured is not fun i believe you've got a sports letter story linking in to your head story i do actually hope now this was breaking news yesterday this wasn't related to my head injury and i didn't search up on the internet head injuries related to but <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. no no <laughs> yeah don't give me that but this was this was quite a big yeah big story so do you know anything hope about the rugby football league Basically, just rugby. Why is it called rugby football? Yeah. Do you know the difference, Hope, between the, or the reason why rugby is now rugby and football is football and it's not rugby football? No, but I think they're just confusing my life. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite complicated. So to cut a very long story short and to go way back when in time, this is very interesting to look up, by the way, for anyone listening along. So once upon a time, a group of lads were playing football and some boys decided they didn't want to use their feet anymore. So they started using their hands. And that is literally how the split happened. So that is why rugby then turned into rugby and football became football and the rules, you know, started to develop and the game started to develop. But that literally is it, that some lads got fed up with football and playing football, kicking a football around and decided that actually they wanted to play rugby. And so they started holding the ball with their hands. And um, that's how the game was formed. That's really cool. Yeah. And I never knew that. I thought they were just always separate. But I suppose everything came from something. Exactly. So there you go. That is the fun little fact of the day. But yeah, so the news story of the day, Hope, is that a man called Bobby Golding, who is a rugby legend, rugby legend, he is actually one of 10 former players who is suing for negligence over basically the failure to protect them from uh, injuries caused by concussion. There's been a lot of talk about this over the past year or so I've seen on the news, especially like BBC Breakfast, about how rugby can cause MS and other neuro problems down the line and there's a young uh, young rugby player football rugby player who um he's only in his like kind of late 30s early 40s and he's got ms from it like a lot of players have um and then his friend has been running loads of marathons and things to raise money yeah so that's really common so he so this guy bobby goulding is he's actually really young so all the guys that are coming out he's aged 49 bobby golding all of the people that are suing are under the age of 60 they're being represented by a lawyer called richard broadman and he's basically involved in a number of cases which are related to head injuries and concussions so unfortunately um bobby golding was also diagnosed with something called chronic traumatic this is a word that's quite challenging to say i think it's encephalopathy encephalopathy I don't, but it's a brain. Anyway, it's a brain disease. It's a big word. Yeah, it's a, it's a big. I'm not very good with big words and science, but it's a yeah, it's a it's a brain disease, and actually, it's found in many athletes who basically have head injuries, and so unfortunately, he has been he's suffered with early onset dementia as well. So he's been diagnosed with both um, and he's coming out and suing because he doesn't feel that actually the rugby football league have done enough to protect him and other players. And a lot of people have questioned, well, actually is, is the reason why they, he's going forward? Is it because that they're looking for money? Is it all to do with financial? And actually what they've all come out and said is that, yes, of course that plays a factor for their own career and mental well-being because you can't play a sport for 20 years or 15, 20 years and then get booted off because, or, or you can't, you know, because actually, um, your head in, you've got a really bad head injury and the rest of your life is severely impacted. What they're actually arguing is they want to make the game safer for players that are younger. 
you know, I can remember even playing in school. I actually suffered a concussion when I played rugby. Um, I had someone literally pick me up and dump tackle me on my head. And I was wearing a scrum cap and I was completely knocked out for a good couple of seconds. So it's a very, it's actually a very common occurrence, both at top and at, at amateur level. It's quite scary. I've only ever played tag rugby and I think I'll stick to that. <laughs> yeah well this is well this is the thing so there so the the rugby football league apparently with this legal action might come out and say that you know less contact allowed or actually that in training if you get injured or you suffer a concussion or a head injury that you're supposed to be out for longer because actually what bobby goulding has said is that he actually played within he, he played within days of being seriously knocked out and that happened on a number of occasions so you know he might have been knocked out on a on a tuesday night and then by the saturday he was playing again and actually that definitely shouldn't be allowed in the grand scheme of things because if you've had a head injury you need to ensure you know that you've you've paused and that you've you've taken time to get well mm. so yeah it's really bad it's really really bad but we'll have to wait and see how this case uh, case develops can't they kind of change the uniform to more like american football so obviously they have the shoulder padding the big hard helmets i know there's probably not as much scrums yeah well but but even still hope they actually were they were kind of the first couple of people that that were in that started all these head injury um head injury questions so the man that actually found out what chronic traumatic and this the the cte there was a massive massive case over there which i think sued for around one billion dollars that was all to do with head injuries to former nfl players so although you think that padding and headgear actually makes a difference in reality if you're coming into contact with someone full-on with your head it's going to cause an impact whether you're wearing a helmet or not, you know? Oh, this, 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 is, this is interesting because it could be, it could completely change the way the game is played or just completely stop rugby forever. Well, absolutely. I mean, it could have a serious impact. I mean, there are, you know, and it's not just that Bobby Goulding's involved. So Bobby Goulding, I said, is a bit of a legend. He's won four Challenge Cups in his career. He's won the Super League. He's been voted one of the best players. He's a fantastic rugby player. But there are also big, big names that have come out. So there's a man called Michael Edwards, who was a Welsh international. Two Scottish internationals have come out. And it's a real shame that actually it's taken until 2021 for people to come out and say, in, in the sense that it's taken so long for the Rugby Football League to say we're going to do something about it. Because you're right. I remember playing at school back in 2015 and 16, and there was always talk saying that oh, something will always be done about head injuries. And actually, it hasn't. And it's taken a number of sports with rugby, NFL, football and head injuries to come out for actually organisations to say, look, there is a serious problem here and it needs to be addressed. I imagine there is a counter argument from some rugby players, rugby legends who actually just see it as it's just part of the game. And yeah. they don't want to wear extra padding. They don't want the game to change. They probably have the attitude of, you might get a head injury, and that's just the way rugby plays. Obviously, I'm not basing that on any fact or any evidence, but I'm assuming that there are some legends out there who have played the game for centuries, centuries, <laughs> decades, or centuries. I mean, if you're 200 years old, well done to you. You, um, never you never know. But I can imagine there is an argument out there for that as well. Absolutely. I mean, I can I can certainly relate that in a school sense to saying that I remember people getting head injuries and the games are stopped and then people come back on and play again. And it's like there is no I think people now in 2021 have learned that actually head injuries are a very serious thing. It's not something you can kind of beat around the bush and say, oh, it doesn't really matter. And not to say it ever has been like that, but I think there's definitely been an element while playing sport of saying unless you're severely knocked out or you've suffered like brain damage or anything very severe, you can continue straight away. And actually, that isn't the case. Like 
I think my when I got knocked out, I recall my teacher stopping straight away, stopped the whole game of sport, and I was taken up to the to the medical room. But I've I've played in rugby matches and football matches where people have suffered head injuries and have gone off for ten minutes and come straight back on. Or you know, you see football players all the time suffer bleeds on the head and they wrap loads and loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of bandage around them, which is fine because it works. But equally, there has to be some discussion now. Like the mm-hmm. Premier League this season has brought in a concussion substitution, so that hasn't happened before. So actually, if you if your team suffers an injury with it with the head so a, a concussion based injury you get an extra substitution so that is a great thing that's been added but the fact it's taken until until now is actually yeah it's, it's a real shame do you think in the past some people have seen it as like a badge of honor almost to be knocked out and come back on oh of course i think there are some rugby players who and i had teachers at my school who had big you know ears that were kind of cauliflower ears that's right because actually and that's kind of a sign that you've played the game or a sign that but i think there's a there's a difference between playing the game and having, as you said, cauliflower ears or suffering severe injuries and having scars on your head and then getting MS or CTE or early onset dementia, any of those, they're, they're, they're two very different, they're very different worlds. And I think actually now that these protocols have, have been put in place, like, you know, actually in England, Scotland, and I think Northern Ireland too, if you're under the age of 11, you're actually not allowed to head a football. So that's brilliant. That's a great start. To, that's a great start to life in terms of, um, yeah, in, in terms of, you know, possibly suffering any of these potential injuries or diseases. But even still, I think questions do need to be raised about the the potential of how many players, whether you're amateur or professional at the moment, are heading the ball and suffering head injuries that then lead to long-term, yeah, long-term fatalities. It's, it's We'll have to wait and see. Lewis, what is the second story that you've got for us to tickle our fancies today? That is... <laughs> I've never heard you say that in my. I was not. I don't, think I've ever, I don't think I've ever said it before in my life. Maybe I've got concussion too. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. I mean, to be fair, I don't know if cupboards have been falling on your head, but by the sounds, if Hope hasn't mentioned already, um, she managed to smash and break. Well, not smash. That's a bit far, but she's managed to break her arm to her microphone. So technically, <laughs> you never know. So, Hope, second story of the day. We are talking about a footballer, which this was breaking news again yesterday too, called Josh Carvalho. Carvalho. Did you hear about him in the news? I saw a lot of people on Instagram sharing his statement. Yeah, sure. So Josh Cavallo plays for At- um, he plays sorry for Adelaide United. So that's out in Australia, and he officially is the first. Well, he's the only top flight footballer that we know at the moment that has come out as gay. Um, so he is the first professional gay footballer at professional level, which is absolutely fantastic. What is top flight? So top flight is professional level, so not amateur, so not Sunday league or like non-league. So we in a league where is seen as a professional footballing league. He's the first gay professional footballer to be coming out ever. Well, not ever. So hope there, there we'll get onto that. There are players that have retired that have come out, or players say at amateur level, or referees at amateur level that have come out as gay. But he is officially the first. He's the yeah, that is right. So he's the first top flight footballer that is currently playing in the world that is still in football who has come out as gay that's correct well that's brilliant i know it's absolutely amazing and i'm really proud of him as hundreds of people and thousands were around the world from all different walks of life in terms of sports and politics it's amazing so josh basically has said that he's been struggling with his sexuality for six years on and off um and actually he decided that now was the time to to kind of announce it so he posted a video that uh, the adelaide then retweeted and, and then reshared that has then absolutely blown up and has there's been thousands of comments for support all over the world on various different social media pages whether it was twitter or instagram um and it's absolutely fantastic to see so he basically said that actually you know 
it, it was quite, he said something really powerful, I thought. He quoted, oh, it's a quote, he said, growing up, I was ashamed, ashamed that I would never be able to do what I loved and be gay. Mm. And actually the fact that there is this stigma around playing football and and sexuality is such a shame so actually we can we and I, I hope and we can yeah we can really hope that actually josh is a is a figurehead now for for the lgbtq plus community in sports in general um and can be a, a like a pivotal figure in leading people to come out in their yeah in football yeah it's absolutely brilliant for him that he's he's made that decision now and hopefully that will make him feel liberated somehow and allow him to to feel free almost um but like you say he will be now a role model and an example for others um and people sharing it and praising him i mean i'm sure that there has been some nasty pe- people because there always is something like this but hopefully the positive response that he has seen has made him feel brilliant um so yeah that's great news Absolutely. It's really, really good. And he actually, he came out and said that one thing that played a real factor and kind of had a, had quite a big influence was the fact that in June, he was named his club's rising star, but he actually had gone home and he, he actually, instead of being really elated, he actually cried because he felt that he was living this double life. And actually, I think it's had a real severe impact on his mental health. So the fact that his teammates and coaches now actually the world knows about it is fantastic. And we can only hope that he can re- really just encourage people to come out and, and be who they are. It is. I mean, this is a little bit off topic, but it is unusual that there is still a thing where it's like you have to come out and you have to declare it to the world if mm. you're not heterosexual yeah it shouldn't be you shouldn't have to tell anyone or, or state it you shouldn't have to come out it should just be not even a thing yeah no i i completely agree i think it's and it's the fact as well that lots of people you know lots of the, the reason kind of why josh has said that he's come out in particular is because he wants to show people that are say a, a youth level or maybe even kids um, that actually you don't have to be heterosexual and successful. You can you can be any sexuality yeah. and successful. And that there is a real stigma certainly surrounding football, which says that you have to, especially being a male, you have to be straight. You have to be a straight footballer to to be successful. Now there are lots of females who are bisexual or who are lesbians. There's actually a couple who play football together, but actually in male football this has never happened before. So I'm sure that this is quite a monumental moment in history. Um, and I'm sure many people will be coming out in sort of months and years to come and following in, in Josh's footsteps. But you're right. I don't think there needs to be a public declaration at all because you can be whoever you want to be. It doesn't have yeah. to be a public thing. It's just, it's a shame that actually, if you don't do that, you feel that you're living a double life, as, as Josh has said. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I'm not a man, um, but I can imagine that a big player as to why a lot of men feel that kind of pressure um, is due to toxic masculinity. Football is seen as a very, <clears throat> sorry, a very manly sport. Um, so you probably feel like you need to be a macho. And- Absolutely, yeah, because it's, you know, it's lads, it, as people say, it's lads on the weekend and drinks and going out and all that. And actually it doesn't have to be that at all. It, it, it really doesn't. And it's a, it's a shame that there is that culture surrounding football. Um, and we can only hope that sort of in the future, more people can, yeah, can come out and be themselves and, and be who they want to be. But it was amazing seeing the support from all over the world. You know, you had stars like PK who plays for Barcelona. Um, the Labour Senate leader, Penny Wong, also said something. Antoine Griezmann put a tweet out. So there's been support from all walks of life and all different sports. Um, and lots of different people say, yeah, that's brilliant. Um, but you know, so hope. So there are people who have played sport before. So former Aston Villa midfielder who was called Thomas Hitzelberger, he is revealed. He revealed after playing football that he came out as gay. Um, and there have been various other sporting people, be it in football or other sports, that have too. Um, yeah, but Josh is officially the first. Yeah, the first male professional athlete still currently playing the game to come out as gay. The biggest thing that could come out of this that would be great for the game is that you could get more players. Um, joining the game because they feel like there's not a barrier 
So that because yeah. there could be so many talented footballers out there, and I say footballers, but of course all sports people in different fields who feel as though they don't tick a box, so they can't play. Mm. But now they might feel empowered, and actually we could see some better players coming on the field. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. And that that children that that are a certain sexuality now know that they can go into their sport knowing there is no judgment and no condemnation and that actually you can go out there and, and play. And as you see at lots of football clubs, there are hundreds of football clubs, in fact, thousands, that will have LGBTQ plus supporter groups. And I'm sure that if Adelaide United have one, they'll be absolutely, I'm sure they'll be really, really pleased that actually they've had, they've officially had the first player to come out and say, hey, you know, this is me, um, which is amazing. So that is story number two. Hope we are now going to move on to the third sports story of the week, which is to do with the Beijing 2022 Winter Olympics. Or like the Winter Olympics, because there's not a lot to do in winter. Is that it? (laughs) There's not a lot to do in winter. That is brilliant. So I like to watch the bobsleigh. Yeah, no, I mean, to be, look, you're not wrong. You're right. There isn't a lot to do in winter, so we can watch the bobsleigh. So on the day of recording, I can't stop laughing. Well, that, that is one of the best lines you've said for the, for the last 13 episodes. There's not a lot to do in winter. The end. What a, what a great analysis. This, this, guys, this is what Sports and Dummies is all about. Deep level analysis of all things. There's not a lot to do in winter. That is it. So there are officially 99 days to go until the Winter Olympics. So actually, really, it's not that far away now. So when is that? February the 4th. If, you, if you, you're going to be like, one, two, three, four. <laughs> well, I was working out which is closer, this or Christmas. Do you know what I mean? Oh, no. So we've got, you know, so Christmas, it's, so it's just after Christmas. So it's going on from February the 4th to uh, February 20th. There are two weeks of action, but it's mad. It literally just, it feels, you know, as if the Summer Olympics has just finished. We're straight on to the Winter Olympics. Team GB gearing up. We've got a 57 strong team made up of male and female athletes. We're competing in seven different, dis- uh, sorry, seventeen different disciplines. Um, yeah, we won five medals last time at the at the Winter Olympics. To be fair, hope you know we're not an alpine nation. We're not a nation known for our winter success, but we don't do badly. To be fair, we do quite well. The fact that we've got snow probably two point five days a year, um, and we've just got rain more than anything. Actually, we do quite well. So, and it's actually good that we're not the top of it yet because. That means this year, it's all for the taking. Exactly. And to be fair, GB haven't set any... Um, yeah, we haven't officially set a, a title for how many medals we want to win. But the GB snow sport, who kind of head up seeing and snowboarding in the UK and just sports in general, has basically set a target, a medal target of three to seven medals. That's kind of the aim and the hope. Um, but it is very exciting. So, of course, nations like Norway, Germany, the USA, um, the Soviet Union, Canada, those guys all lead the way for alpine sports, of course, being in countries where there is lots of snow for lots of the year. Um, but there you go. So fun fact of the day, Hope, that we can share for everybody. This is the fun fact to tell you. Beijing is officially the first country in the world to host a summer and a winter Olympic Games. Ooh, fancy that. Well, there you go. And, Busy. Uh, exactly. And the other big news is that according to the directors out in Beijing, all venues are going to be run entirely on renewable energy. So there you go. That is good news. And in terms of like the COVID sort of thing, are they hoping that they can have an audience this time? Because obviously last time they had to cancel all of that, didn't they? And then Toyota, I believe, pulled out of their 
sponsorship and all this stuff happened? Yeah, that's right. So actually, Hope, what has gone down with that? Very good question. So officially, fans are allowed back in the stadiums, which is excellent, but you have to be from mainland China. So tickets are only going to be sold for those who are living in mainland China. So internationals won't be able to come over. For athletes, if you aren't double jabbed, you have to have a you have to do a three week quarantine before you get there. So that will mean I don't know rocking up to to Beijing sort of early early January, I guess, to get ready for um, for the twenty one day quarantine. And obviously, if you are double jabbed, it's fine. You're tested daily, um, so I think there will be a presence of COVID. I'm sure we'll hear as weeks and, and months go by, as we get closer to that official date, we will hear of more athletes dropping out. But for the most part, actually, I think COVID will be okay. And it will be much more fun to watch the Winter Olympics, say, than the Summer Olympics. Not necessarily because one is better than the other, but just having fans back in that state or in stadiums is much more enjoyable to watch. Two things. One, um, you probably, as an athlete, want to get your double jab. Because if you're quarantining, surely you can't go and do your training. Yeah, I suspect so. So, disadvantage. Second thing, what is your favourite um, Winter Olympic sport? Great, great question. I hope it's hard because it, it depends. They all have different skills. The thing is, right, I quite I quite like the bobsleigh. I think the the speed at which... Copying me, Lewis. No, 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 no. Because two reasons. Number one, I find it absolutely insane how quickly they can travel. I just find it mind boggling. And the Jamaican bobsleigh team are legends. And I think that film has always stuck with me. So that I'd go for that. But equally, I think ice hockey is an amazing sport. I think I, I'm fascinated by ice hockey and the fact that one thing I find really interesting with, with ice hockey is that I don't know if you know, Hope, but you can literally have fights on the field in ice hockey. So I don't know if you've learned about how that works either. Literally punch each other. So how it works, honestly, Hope, this is genuinely how it works. So what the referee will do, if a fight breaks out, they'll blow the whistle. The players will then basically beat each other up. And then once that's all done, once they've had their fight, they then go and get simbined. So you can basically, you can have, I've been to ice hockey games before in France and in, in the US where you literally see people have brawls and then the whistle goes and then they go and sit in their little corners and they're then simbined. Genuinely happens. Go on the naughty step and stay there. Yeah, I was, literally. You know, I was going to say, before you mentioned the fight, I was going to say, oh, Lewis, you look like you'd be quite good at ice hockey. Now I think maybe not because I don't want you getting, I don't want you getting <laughs> hurt, Lewis, all right? Well, I've already got, I've already had cupboards falling no, on my head. I'm not sure how I do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. The only Simba needs to be the cupboard this week and not me. Um, but no, it's and it's really good as well, Hope, because actually they've added seven new events as well to the Beijing uh, Beijing Winter Olympics to promote more women in the game. So actually they've officially announced for statistics, there is going to be 45.44% female athlete participation. You say there's been um, some new sports introduced. Yes. I want to know, is there a snowball fight? And a giant snowman competition. Because if there isn't, they are missing a trick. No, that's the thing, Hope. I was disappointed too. There isn't. There isn't even, you know, there's not even sort of doing snow angels. There's none of that. It's a real shame. Sort it out. Yeah, it's poor from them, isn't it? We should we should be the people in charge here because we'd make it very. Fun. Oh, for sure, we'll get we'll get the sports for we'll get the 2026 sports for dummies Winter Olympics sorted. We'll host it in Kings Lynn and St Albans, and we'll get it we'll get it underway. We will get it underway. <laughs> you joke. But actually, I think one day we should do that. Yeah, look, we'll give it we'll give it a real go. Although they did add some quite fun naming sports. I hope they've added like snowboard cross, a sport called women's monobob. There you go. That's a, that's a fun one for you. Freestyle. They've done free. My favorite one though, of all of them is <laughs> called freestyle skiing big air. So as, as if you weren't sure whether what that meant. So obviously that means going really high in the air. Doing um, tricks. But 
I just, yeah, I just think it's quite fun that it's <laughs> the name of it is literally freestyle skiing, big air, as if you were kind of like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, to be fair, I didn't know what it meant. So that actually helped me. So you joked. But for yeah. the sports dummies like me, big air helpful absolutely but hope within a within lots of sports stories as always there is there is also a double-edged sword there is a flip side to this um over 180 organizations have actually been calling out the ioc so that's the international olympics committee to put their foot down because lots of people were disappointed that in the in beijing in 2022 they were allowed to host the winter olympics um because of the human rights abuse to the uh to the uyghur muslims um there was a big there's lots of controversy around that because of the of the abuse to ethnic minorities within within China. And lots of people have said that we need to boycott this Olympics. So we'll have to wait and see if any nations oh, wow. pull out or anything like that. So that's caused some uh, some major controversy. Gone under the radar for a lot of nations. Um, but as I said, over 180 organizations from all around the world have said that, that you know the government needs to do something about this and the IOC do too. I'm pleased you mentioned that actually, because we're getting excited about the snowballs and stuff. That's actually very important. Very, very important. And that's something that under, underpins all of this. That actually, a bit like the Qatar World Cup next year, where there's been lots of news about and reports of, of workers coming out being overly worked and dying because of such awful conditions. This is the same thing. And so China have come out and denied all of this. They've obviously said there has been no oppression and, and no, um, no dehumanisation of this ethnic minority. However... That that remains to be seen, and actually, that the fact that over 180 organisations have come out of it and have said, "Look, something needs to be done," they're clearly not making it up. There is clearly a big issue there, and but we'll have to wait and see. And it will be interesting as well if, while the Olympics is going on, as in the Winter Olympics is going on, if any of this is exposed, and if anyone, if any nations come out and, um, you know, they might wear a T-shirt to say something about it, or they might boycott an, a certain event. Who knows? But there was certainly some uproar about trying to being able to have the Winter Olympics because of this going on. I think. I mean, again, I'm not basing this on any evidence, just from the fact that I know what people are like. It probably won't be a thing until money comes into it. So if organisations who are actually got involved in it with big sponsorships or something like that, if they pull out, then something might happen. Yeah. And or if any major nations put out, whether yeah. it was Norway or the US or any of those, I don't think anything will happen. But it will also remain to be seen as well if any more news is kind of, you know, is or does come to light over the next couple of months as we get closer and closer to the games, you might see athletes pull out and refuse to participate because of because of um the oppression in, in China. But we'll have yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But that's certainly worth mentioning because as always with lots of sport like major sporting events around the world, even with say the Rio World Cup. There are major positives and, it, and it's something to be excited about, absolutely. But you cannot ignore the underlying facts that there are always issues surrounding sport. And actually, this is something where um, that is a real, real problem and will certainly or hopefully be addressed in the upcoming weeks and months. And it's important to highlight these things and have these conversations because the smallest benefit that could come out of that would be that there is awareness. So even if the Olympics goes ahead and no one pulls out and Beijing are allowed to have it, at least people might be aware of, of oppression that happens and then more people can talk about it and then, fingers crossed, change change can happen. Yeah, and I'm sure they will. I'm, I'm Yeah, absolutely, and I'm sure they will. I'm sure that the news agents and outlets will find out stories when they're there. The other news as well about COVID, though, I guess the other thing too is that the athletes have been told, similarly, I guess, to the um, Summer Olympics, that you're not really allowed to go out and, and go out and kind of socialise. You have to stick really to where you're staying and then where you're competing. There might be some, there might be slightly more lax than they were in the summer, but even still, I think there's going to be some serious COVID restrictions. Um, but I'm sure that there will be news in the upcoming weeks and months that does expose this more and, um, and will give us some more insight of what's actually going on in China. 
And of course, you will be here to keep us updated. Absolutely. Which is wonderful. So. Any <laughs> hope, any news, any breaking stories, we are ready for it on the Sports for Dummies podcast, as always. And on that note, that rounds up today's episode. Lewis, I'm pleased you're here. I'm glad your head's okay. And I will see you next week. Thank you, Hope. And I'm glad your microphone is okay too. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Have a Bye. good week. We'll catch you soon.